0: Hello and welcome to this podcast from Blackwell Online. My name is George Miller, and my guest today is Cambridge Classics professor Mary Beard. Alongside teaching students, researching and writing her prize-winning books, her book on Pompeii won this year's Wolfson Prize for History, or appearing on radio, Mary somehow managed to find time a couple of years ago to begin writing a blog, A Don's Life, which appears on the TLS website. The blog's been a hit, and in November 2009, the book of the blog is being published. Mary told me about being asked to write it by the TLS editor, Peter Stoddard.
1: I'm surprisingly obedient when it comes to editors of newspapers. And so I said yes, but I was fully confident that it wouldn't... You know, I have thought this would be a three-months' wonder, and then I shall have given up this. And I have to say I was slightly suspicious of the whole medium, and you know, I thought... Yeah, I don't usually think have thoughts about dumbing down, but if I was to think about dumbing down, a blog would have been what dumbing down was about. That's how I kind of felt. I felt, well, I'm going to give it a try because that's what I've been asked to do. But this isn't going to be for me, is it?
0: And what when you decided to give it a try? What did you think you were going to try out? Did you have a, did you have an idea of the kind of things that you wanted to um, expound uh, upon?
1: I was I was terribly ignorant. I mean, I suppose. I thought, insofar as I thought I could write about anything, I thought I could write about what it was like working in a university because you know, people have such terrible preconceptions, particularly of Oxford and Cambridge, you know, that you know, we're swanning around in pumps in the afternoon, coughing port in the evening, um, dressing up in silly clothes and mm. you know, occasionally making a trip to the mm. library. I thought it'd be, it would be fun to show how that wasn't true. And I thought it would also be fun to talk about the ancient world sort of as discoveries happened. There's even in newspapers there's quite a long lead time. You know, somebody mm. discovers a bust of some Roman in the bottom of a river. Yeah, and it's still tomorrow or the next day before you can get it into a paper. And in academic life it would be you'd be writing about it. Well, you might write about it instantly, but it would come out in two years' time. So the idea of Having instant response, particularly because people talk such tosh about classics on the radio. You know, even the venerable kind of things like the Today program. You know, they always fall for the for the obvious, simple, and uh, and apparently charismatic solution. You know, here we have found a new sculpture. It must be Julius Caesar. And the pleasure of being able to say at eight fifty, after you've heard Mm -hmm. this rubbish at eight thirty, look, come on, think again. How do we identify sculpture? That seemed quite fun.
0: And what about the interactive element of it? Was that something you were sort of taking on board at the start? Or is that something that sort of surprised you?
1: Well, I, I, because I wasn't really a blogger before, I mean, having—I mean, a blogger instead of not having read blogs, I didn't quite realise about the interactive element. I didn't sort of realise that part of the game was people writing in. But then, obviously, before I started, I wasn't stupid. I looked around what kind of blogs there were. On the market, and discovered that that was a huge part of it—not just a not not just one of the possibilities of the blog, but that was very kind of key element in it. And I was horrified actually when I looked at this stuff because most of the comments, especially when there were loads and loads of them, you know, you know, perfectly decent article, you know, on the Guardian blog site, and a hundred rants following it. uh, people simply kind of splurging with prejudice, often not particularly related to what the blog said. and I thought, this is all very well, but when it's actually ranting at you, maybe this will't be very pleasant, yeah getting up at breakfast and turning on the turning on the computer and just discovering a load of abuse you know is that, is that what you need? So I was a bit tentative, but of course, you know you'd you, you you're torn two ways, aren't Because I also wanted comments, because that was clearly the, you know, the sign Margaret. of success. You know, marker success is having comments, and so, so there's kind of a bit of ambivalence here. But I don't know why. But for the most part, my commenters weren't, haven't turned out to be the ranting kind. And in fact, I mean, I think and this isn't just false modesty. I think some of the best things that have come from the blog to the book have actually been the comments because they've engaged, you know, wittily, funnily, intelligently with the points that I've been making. Sometimes I think upstaging my uh, my original post, you know, with a well-aimed dart. And they come from all walks of life and all over the world. That's what's really amazing about it.
0: It, it seems. It seems to me that after your initial scepticism, though, you took to it like a proverbial duck to water. I mean, is that is that true? Once you once you were sort of launched, it seems like you were you're away.
1: Yes, I can't imagine not doing it. It was funny, and I think, I think there was two things that got me really into it. One was the pleasure of the commenters and finding that there was a kind of whole new set of relationships I had, which became quite. Enticing, but I think the other was that I I realised, and I shouldn't have realised this before, but it was only on doing it that I saw the implications. I realised that it wasn't, it didn't have to be a dumbing down medium at all. In fact, quite the reverse. What really makes the difference between a blog and a newspaper article, however learned, the newspaper article is, of course, the links. So I found that I could talk. I hope interestingly, about sometimes quite abstruse topics because I could just link people to the data. If, for example, you want to talk about, I'm taking this out of the air really, if you want to talk about the self-presentation, the PR, the spin doctrine of Romans in the first century BC AD and how like it might be, to our own politicians, then you want to refer to the Emperor Augustus's own autobiography, the *Res Gestae*. Well, that's not, you know, that's not household knowledge, actually. And you'd veer away from it in a newspaper because you'd think, hmm. I got to say, oh, no, this this? You know, it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to add to your point. It's just going to confuse people. Now, on a blog, you can put a link to the whole text, is not all that long, so that you can talk about Augustus's Rose gestae, and they can click on it and they can read it in Latin, they can read it in English, they can read a little summary, or they can read the Wikipedia oh, no. entry. Um, and uh, so you can, you can write for many levels of knowledge. Yes. I mean, I'm not talking about writing for clever or stupid people, that's not it. I, I hope that I'm writing my blog for people who are intelligent, but they might be ignorant about what I do. But you can entirely even out the yes. the knowledge factors.
0: You can sort of penetrate to different levels. You can go to the level that suits yeah. you best. Yeah. Now the question you've clearly set yourself up for now is <laughs> <laughs> that being so, it's now appearing as a book in yeah. in printed form. So there's obviously there's obviously yeah. a loss there. Yeah. So yeah. what what um, prompted you to go into print with it?
1: Uh, well, the true answer. I mean, The true answer is a publisher friend who I much trust and much trust is the absolute essential part of this said that very likely edited and selected it would actually make a really nice book the, some of the posts put together with the comments and he was pretty clear as I was that it's a different commodity as a book partly because you don't have links but on the other hand I think that there are losses clearly, and that, there's also gains and changes, which finally made me think that it wasn't simply self regarding to publish this. Because I think actually it's extremely good fun, and it cha- the, na- the fun side of the blog changes in the book, and you get a different side to it. And I think one of those things is simply the bookness of it, actually. It's flipping and browsing in a book is still a pleasure. A huge pleasure that you don't get online. Mm. You know, you don't have to scroll down. You can actually flip the pages. And I think that's wonderful. And it enables the, the blogs to be read in different orders. You can go through to the kind of topics that interest you much more easily than the click and search mm. program. And also, I think the other thing, they'll be able to read this in different places. Because I have a very, very strong suspicion and this is partly because you know when people are hitting on your blog. <laughs> my blog, and I think every blog, it's not just me, my blog is a, by and large, it's what people read during the day. You've got 10 minutes to go at your desk before you've got that lunch date or your meeting, let's say, meeting, oh. and what I do? And you, you've got a few blogs that you read because... Hits go down at the weekends, not up. They go down in the (laughs) summer holidays. You know, these are people. People actually blog in the interstices of work. Now, put it in a book, and they can read it in the loo, and they can read it on the train. I know people sort of do actually do their email and stuff on the train now but they don't take their laptop to the loo and the loo is one of the, the, <laughs> the best
0: the last bastions of freedom <laughs>
1: freedom yeah you know, a laptop free area you know i'm sure there will be little invention which will enable this quite comfortably very soon but for the time well, your, being your
0: iphone i suppose
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the time being you know i hope that this is taking my blog to the country's loo's really mm-hmm.
0: We've kind of talked about this sort of demystification. It seemed to me demystification was one of the the aims of the blog. But one of the other ones it seemed to me was provocation. Now, tell me about tell uh, me about the uh, function to provoke. Well, no, no, no blog is a good blog unless it unless it
1: kind of annoys somebody sometimes. You know, otherwise uh, it's entirely missed its opportunity. And I think what you what is fun and what has got people going about the blog and some of these posts are in the book are. Uh, uh, are the places where I speak my mind? I wouldn't, I mean, uh, it was, the, the blog was given a, a a byline when I first started it, which I now find terribly <laughs> embarrassing, but I'm stuck with it, of wickedly subversive. Mary B is a wickedly subversive commentator. And I thought, this is actually dreadful, isn't it? Because you It's know, your
0: Homeric <laughs> epithet. It's going to be stuck <laughs> with you forever. I'm
1: afraid it's like, you know, m- you know moon eyed here or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And you know, I thought, well, wickedly subversive on occasion, but how can you be for wickedly subversive forever? You know, <laughs> that's sort of a contradiction in terms. However, I think you know, amongst my targets in the world, they're friendly targets, you know, as well as demystification and putting the side right for classics, it is kind of cant and double think. And, I do try from time to time, particularly when the general media are going soppy over various issues, to have a bit of straight talking. And these posts do tend to get rather more comments and rather more ranting comments than others.